0: Cast. so yeah so i want to make sure that this episode is as holy as possible mm-hmm.
1: because we are about to get mm-hmm. into it because i don't i don't i don't call it witchcraft mm-hmm. as a noun
0: Ooh, i like that but
1: rich craft, which which craft are you using to get to your ultimate end
0: well we're gonna get we're gonna your get into all of this goal. all right for those of you who are listening um that beautiful melodic voice this is one of those episodes I want y'all to watch it. I wish I could smell it. This man smells like an eight fifty credit score. <laughs> um, <laughs> The skin is glistening I feel like I should have got Of all days for me not to wear makeup again I swear to God It's raining here in Southern California I didn't wear any
1: either so we You are... don't need any
0: sir oh. um, Unlike what they told us in Tony, Tony, Tony It does rain in Southern California a it's, lot. it's a dreary dreary rainy day But I came in and you feel like the sun to me And oh. you guys I know you're going to fall in love with him By the end of this hour This is actor, writer, minister And LGBTQ plus actor activist slash advocate because you be out here preaching your ass off yes pun intended <laughs> um and but ben, ben i want you to tell people like exactly sorry this is benjamin carlton i don't want to make sure i get his name right but i call you ben i call you pastor ben but you're a minister as someone who is not as holy as you is there a difference between a pastor and a minister yes explain that to me because i have you my phone as pastor ben i was like but he's a minister
1: so you know Whatever denomination you may be, Uh um, there's different roles you can play. Mm -hmm. And so a pastor's job is to shepherd the flock.
0: Um,
1: So you're a pastor of a church, a ministry. You are the shepherd of the flock. A minister is someone within the flock who has duties that assist the pastor in achieving the goals of shepherding the flock. So, oh. You know, ministers lead different ministries. So I can be the minister of music, the minister of the arts, the Got minister it. of, you know, uh, there's executive ministers, executive pastors who handle the administrations. So there's different roles. There's the evangelist that goes around and preach.
0: The evangelist, they scare me. We'll get into that. Oh, wow. You know why? Because a lot of times when I hear people who are being evangelists, they're saying amazing things. But I've met in my personal history those who uh, did not necessarily respect Bible. And so, I have questions with you around the way that you show up because every fear that I've had around the church does not show up when I'm around you. Mm. And that's a testament to you being godlike in your actions and not just in your words. Yes. So, you guys, now that I have the language right, it's Minister Benjamin Carlton. Yay! Let's clap. We have a studio audience who's watching out to the side. You guys know (laughs) Chef Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey likes to eat, so we're gonna eat with him after the show. Now, the first thing I wanna ask
1: you is when is your birthday? March 22nd, I am in an Aries and I am celebrating all month long. And I'm so excited to get to celebrate my birthday I know! with you. <laughs> wow. I actually
0: yes. am so excited that it's your birthday month because I was like, wait a minute, 22 is my angel number. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that magical? Yes. And then I was like, wait a minute, when's his birthday? Because something told me that your birthday was coming up soon. This episode is probably coming ar- out like right around your birthday, like yes. probably right afterwards. So this is going to be fun. Yes. The first thing I want to ask you is, are you one of those people who celebrates every single day of the month of your birth? <laughs> you thought I was going to have a hard-hitting question? You were yes. not expecting that. No, it mm-hmm. wasn't. Not every day,
1: but all month long. Oh, you're one of like those. Like last year, mm-hmm. um, I spent a month in Paris, Amsterdam. Um, London.
0: This subtle flex is bought to you by. This is why he smells like a fifty credit score. Guys. <laughs> this is exactly why you smell like money. Yeah. How do you do that? Like, how are you able to travel so much and not get exhausted? Because when I travel a lot, I get sleepy. Yeah. How do you keep your well, energy? Well, to
1: me, the world is my backyard, and so when you Oof. treat the world as if you're going down the street, like I had to get dressed to come here. So mm-hmm. when I travel, I throw my clothes in a bag, get there. I don't. I don't travel. Um, as a tourist, the world Mm. is my playground. So when I'm there, I'm engulfed in culture. I'm engulfed um, in the elements and, you know, all the things that the space has to offer. And so Mm -hmm. that's how I de-stress it. I don't go with an agenda. I'm just there.
0: I don't go with an agenda. I'm just there is bars. And I think that's why I found myself gravitating towards you so much. I met you at our other friend, Jeffrey. Yes, guys, we know a lot of Jeffrey's birthday party. It was a short set birthday party you walked in, and I was like, who is Cat Daddy Martin Luther King? <laughs> like, I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> that's, that's what you originally were on my phone. It said Cat Daddy Martin MLK with a party hat.
1: And it was yeah. a similar <laughs> short set that Martin Luther King did wear to the beach. That famous short set that's that he's true. always wearing. To, that was the same tile. Short shorts, all the things. Now,
0: this is a thing that you... Not and, that I
1: was trying to it channel Martin Luther that King, was my but my impression of you. That. I was wow.
0: like, if Martin Luther King was a, a, a cocoa buttered cat, daddy in modern day times it would be him (laughs) they're like that's ben i'm like i need to meet ben immediately like i knew i wanted to meet you you were shiny yes and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think a lot of people are shiny you know when everybody loves you and you'd be like oh y'all cool y'all cute whatever but one of the things that was interesting is as i got close with you you invited me to hear you speak um at church and i couldn't make it and so you sent me a link and i'll never forget it because i like to listen to podcasts and audiobooks while i'm getting ready I'm in the shower listening to your sermon, and I let out a praise yelp. Oh, wow. And I think I texted you. I said, you Ben, I don't know what the hell's going on, but you <laughs> anointed. <laughs> I don't want to swear because YouTube, be dem- I'm like, that N-word is anointed. My question for you is like, when did you know you were anointed, though? Because a lot of people do, you, you, you have Instagram, you have Beyonce's internet. Yeah. A lot of folks want to be holy. They want to be pastors, ministers, whatever. They want to have a flock. But when you talk to them, you're like, I feel like you were, you you were a scammer. Yeah. You feel like somebody who's anointed. Is that something that was told to you or something that you recognize for yourself?
1: All the things. So I knew I was called in an early age. I knew I was called to love. Oh, I love that. Didn't have a, a religion behind it. I was just love um i would you know i always say i was the first person to do the crate challenge when i was in like first grade <laughs> i would set up the crates in my backyard make a podium and i would preach to my uh friends are I would you serious open the bible pick a scripture and just start you know in the beginning god created. Be <laughs> you know just i didn't come from a religious family my parents wait were a heathens. minute hold on hold on pause, 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 pause you don't come from a religious family not at all we didn't go to church every week when I was a kid. I chose to go to church myself at age twelve.
0: Oh, you were chosen for real. Yeah. So you said your family were heathens? Heathens, baby. We didn't <laughs> church. I went to church
1: you with know relatives. You do not have a party though. You do not have a party. Because Ben I'm knows a how to party, y'all. Yeah. And wow. so preached and and I was love, elements of love, and went to church at twelve. Everyone would say there's a calling on you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, You should be up there. You should be. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. i was just saying, I'll do this. And I preached my first sermon at 16, and couldn't even get through the sermon because the power of God fell on the service. Mm. And when I saw one of my heathen best friends, now he, he, I love him to death. <laughs> he was laid out crying. I said, "Oh, there's something in me." You made because me this boy, this boy tub, is yes. is not emotional at all. Yeah. And so for him to be crying like this, it ain't me. What's his name? His name is Timothy, shout- my best friend from Philly. Oh,
0: shout out to Timothy for being the first one to let you know that you had a gift.
1: He did, because I said, ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fake here.
0: No, it's not fake tongues. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting when you talk about being anointed is, um, I love when you said that you came from a family that was not deeply steeped in the church, and yet your calling found you. Yeah. I feel so much kinship to that because my family was deep into the church. And when I started having... Proph- prophetic dreams and saying, hey, grandma came to me in a dream and mm-hmm. predicting things. When you're a witch in a, in a in a house full of church folks, that can feel kind of off for you too. Yes. So it's kind of funny, like you and I had the yin and yang version of each other. Your family probably would have loved me making predictions like, yes, let's take her to lot- do lottery. My family was like, no, we're going to pray on her. <laughs> Facts. That's the devil. So They would
1: have ran you around Philly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a hometown hero in your yes. family. We should have switched families. Yes. My family was like, we, my middle name is Emmanuel. Oh, wow. So that's how that's how churchy my family yes. is. And so in Spanish, my name is Maya Emanuela, which means Mary Emmanuel. So they, if my last name was Joseph, I would have been the whole I mean. <laughs> nativity scene. And it's interesting because anointing, we think about it religiously. But as someone who's a psychic, I felt anointed as well. And so my question for you is, how did you get to a place in your religious journey where you could make room for those of us who are on the other side of the spectrum who I would think that you'd be the person who had the biggest problem with me and you welcome me with the biggest arms. Yeah.
1: Well, one, um, I have prophetic gift things as well. Oh, um, so you're one of us. I interpret dreams. Oh, I um, love this. I would have dreams about things that happened before I was born and would talk to my mom about them. She'd be like, how did you know that? I had a dream. Um, and so now I was at one point a Bible thumper, a terrible judge, A condemner, all the things. Mm -hmm. And so the psychic, the witch, get thee behind me, Satan. I've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot at church, yeah. Um, But I came to California once. Well, not once. (laughs) You you look right now. (laughs) You look here. (laughs) The world is your oyster. You live everywhere. Came to California. Uh, One of my friends, who's another Christian, was like, You got to talk to this psychic. Her name is Shirley, and she's on point. You got to talk to her i'm talking to her and um i'm skeptical right Mm -hmm. and she starts naming my grandparents who how they were in my life she was like your your mom's mom came in and then she left i said yeah that her she she, (laughs) she's not emotional she's not coming to comfort me and pat me on my back not at all she said but your dad mom is here i said she was my best she but you know if you had a boo-boo baby she's rubbing it she cooked you food the grits and the fish and she She was a matriarch yes. in the real sense and so um but she said you were in a quick relationship and she said she did that and she was like um his name is J." J-. and she said his name I said get the <gasps> get the get get out I put her out her own office oh, that's I said, hilarious get out and we did a whole session once she said that I was very open and receptive and afterwards and I was like yeah I'm a minister and she bawled crying she said I am judged and condemned by Christians and the way that you sat here and received me and received my flow let me know that I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because this was a love session and she bawled crying and so I have no respecter of person when it comes to God using people Number one. And if there can be prophets and people who predict the future and people who watch the stars to find Jesus in the Bible, surely my neighbor who has that same gifts should be received in the same way.
0: See, that made me emotional. I'm going to make my tears go back in my eyes because I feel like if the churches that I was a part of when I was younger had welcomed me in that way, I wouldn't have left. Right? And so people are always like, Blue, you seem... I've even even had a couple past life readings, I know. It gets really magical over here. And I had somebody offer me a past life reading. She was like, I feel like you've been been in the church in in several past lives. And she was like, and you were condemned by the church in a past life, and it broke your heart because you were so devout and so in every life since then, you find yourself yearning for the church, but also feeling ostracized by it. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I love ritual. I used to love lighting the candles. I was in the front, like, doing the, the body and the blood of Christ. Like, I love that stuff. But it's the people and the judgment that broke my heart. And so when you hear stuff like, and you sent me a link that I thought was so perfect. There's a couple of links that we're going to talk about. Because this line that you sit on between the secular and, you know. The well, I
1: I am a whole human. <laughs> Thank right? you. Not just religious, but what I will tell you and then maybe give you some comfort. Yeah. The church is the one who crucified Jesus. Ooh. So surely if Ooh. the church can crucify its Christ, then who am I to who? think? <laughs> Who am I? Who are me? Who are me? <laughs> Who are me? Oh God,
0: I love you so much. The next time you have a sermon, you have to invite me. Yes. This time, March eighteenth. I'm actually preaching. Really? Yeah. I actually will. What, what time? Around what time? Twelve forty five. I'll come. Yes. Great. I I, th- I think I, I might come. I have you. family that's leaving that day, and my friend who's coming into town that day. But I think I can actually make a. a I can have to run around afterwards, but I, yes. I I will actually come. I won't keep you long. No, in and ke- out. I minutes. love hearing you speak because you speak in a way that. Not, okay, this is gonna sound cocky. <laughs> you know when you hear yourself, you're like, well, you about to pull your your peen out on these people. Okay, let me let me let me reel it back because I'm too comfortable with you, but I forgot right. we were on, on, on camera. Child, I didn't I, have, I didn't look over yeah, at I have one time. Look at the camera the entire talk. I feel like we're just kicking in the backyard like usual.
1: Yes, I'm feeling the studio audience too. They're vibing. Yeah, the, they're look vibing. look at the
0: studio audience. The studio <laughs> audience loves this. He's also very hungry. But like, it, <laughs> when I talk. I know myself and yes. it's just me regular talking. And then I'll look at someone's face and be like, did I strike a nerve? And they'll be like, you don't know how much I need to, I'm like really, I really didn't say that much. It's not that serious. Yes. And I often, when I was young, I was like, am I a sociopath? People are reacting in a way that I don't think is warranted. Yeah. There are very few people in this world who make me feel the way that I accidentally make other people feel you're one of those mm. people. Wow. Like when I hear you speak, I'm like, I fuck with them heavy. I needed to hear that. And I can tell that it's like a throwaway that you don't even think is a big deal, but it speaks to me. And so I want to know what you think, because I actually respect you as someone who represents the church in the way that I think it should be represented. When there are folks like, and there's several uh examples here. Let's get right into it. Uh when it was a CC Wynand clip that recently went viral, fix your face. <laughs> Ben, you knew we were going to talk about this. CeCe Winans recently went viral because she decided to share with her congregation out of nowhere that she once refused to be on Whitney Houston's I'm Every Woman because of the lyrics, I can cast a spell. And she basically thought it was demonic and chose to not be part of a pop culture classic. Ben, explain this to me because you know my first reaction was to roll my eyes. What do you think about people who are that literal And who are that quick to diminish everything that someone's trying to do based on a coin of phrase, even if they know the intention is pure. Because she admitted she knew Whitney's heart and still chose to die on that hill.
1: Well, first of all, that question and that situation is so layered. Mm. And I want to take it piece by piece. Let's do it. But based on the questions you have, because I know you have more questions that deal with this. And the first thing um, people have been made to feel that who we are intrinsically as African-centered people is demonic, Mm -hmm. right? And that everything that in in the Bible is pure and right, but not realizing everything in the Bible is stemmed and steeped in African culture. Won't he do it? Y'all witches too, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I can cast a spell, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what does it mean when we speak those things that are not as though they are? What do we call it? Yeah. We call it faith. We call it faith. But you're actually casting a spell. But we've been we've yeah. been taught to read all of that as demonic and bad when I'm manifesting, right? Yep. When I'm calling my ancestors, when right? When you're praying. When I'm praying, right? Yep. What am I doing? I'm casting uh, if you look up the definitions of these things, that it's purest, right? Mm-hmm. Not its altar, but it's purest. I'm casting, I'm speaking something as not as though it is because I want it to fall in my favor. Oof. Whether good or bad, right? Yeah. Because we pray for people, we pray for our loved ones, we pray for our enemies. The power we, of the tongue. We pray for, right? If I'm, oh, Lord, give me this job, give me this job. If I'm praying for the job, that means I'm praying against the other 100 people who want the job.
0: Oop! You're casting a spell. Only you can tell.
1: Ooh, only you, you know, and what about yeah. all the times in the Bible where God used a man or a woman to get something done? Yeah. Right? Because that's all that song is about.
0: That, and that's, that's funny that you mentioned that because was in my, the, our last episode that I was talking to someone, I think it might have been Bridget. I mentioned to her, I was like, sometimes when I run out of grace and I have to keep, keep it real and be honest, I tell myself, maybe God's using me right now. Sometimes God uses you to be a lesson for someone and it can't always be pleasant.
1: Yeah, not at all.
0: Do you think there's a reason why people who are in the spotlight do not approach it from that stance? Because that stance to me is nuanced but completely accessible. Anybody who's been studying, I would think, should know these things. Why do you think it's easier for them to go after Whitney Houston or even that that lady who said that Beyonce, anybody in my congregation who goes to a Beyonce concert, you're going to hell. Did y'all see that? I was like, excuse me? Does she owe you money?
1: I mean, if I ended up in the lake of fire from going to Renaissance, I have some issues with God. Thank you. Now, I didn't live this good old life, and you're <laughs> going to send me to hell because I'm shaking my tail at the Beyonce concert?
0: To, what? Church, to church girl, ironically. What type of
1: God is this?
0: I've, that's the question. That's actually that's gonna be the title of the episode. What type of God is this? Because I wonder who's God of so many people are talking to. I'm like, he don't sound very it's nice. It's not
1: mine. Yeah, it's not mine. Because even Church Girl, the church went crazy over Church Girl. They lost their minds. And the artist who uh, was involved, they said, "Leave Beyonce alone."
0: I have so many friends who were in the church who felt seen by that song. I had friends who were like, you don't understand my entire life. I've just wanted to be a good girl. I've gone to church. I've done the right thing. And I've done it to my own detriment at times because I wasn't honest about what I really wanted. Yeah. And do you think there's an opportunity in the modern day church to create space for folks to be more honest about what they want?
1: That's what's happening now. Right. Really? We're going to see a shift in church and religion over the next 20 years really because younger folks gen z years and even younger are not accepting the intolerable practices that pit one group against the other Mm -hmm. and denigrate you for just being who god created you to be yeah right and we are not just in the faith-based space but in Culture space, we are adopting more of who we are and denouncing the things that have been ingrained in us and that we've been indoctrinated to believe, right? For too long, we have been defining ourselves based on the slave master's dictionary. Ooh, Yeah. We've not come to terms with who we really are, our true power, right? They say that, you know, witches are demonic, following the stars are demonic, channeling our ancestors are demonic. Jamal Bryant saying lighting incense is demonic. I'm like, those Jamal are Jamal the- Bryant
0: to know that having an affair on your wife several times is demonic, but go ahead.
1: It's easy, yeah, to punt and pit on the things that actually connect us to our power.
0: Incense. I was burning incense in the shower when I
1: was listening to your sermon. Child, <laughs> Wait a minute. but I'm, I'm going to hell for it. I'm going it, to hell. All the things. Wow. That, that that connect us to our true power. We don't necessarily need to have that man be our voice but we can actually connect to the divine ourselves Mm -hmm. it's 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 a master's mentality and that's how we were introduced to western and eurocentric religion was from the master's mindset i uh, i could have this we're definitely having dinner
0: after this (laughs) we are definitely gonna have our shots off camera so the church aunties won't get mad but one of the things that i love that you touched on is the fact that church has been weaponized against black people for so long yes a lot of folks who Follow both of us know that we're passionate about being black and also being queer and also being spiritual. All the
1: superpowers. All of them. Because, baby, the indigenous communities honor people who were able to tap into masculine and feminine.
0: We would have been deities. (laughs) Like whole deities.
1: Seriously. Seriously. Are.
0: Demigods, if you will. So my question is for you again, because I'm so fascinated by how proud you are as a same gender loving black man. That's a very loaded sentence.
1: It is. So many intersections In
0: the church. Yes. <laughs> how, Sway? That's my <laughs> next question. How are you here? How did I did not burn you at the stake? Yeah. How did the church aunties not like, you know, poison your punch? Like, how did your church family feel when they realized that you were same gender loving and that you were also more open minded about the secular world? Like, how did you even approach that conversation?
1: Well, um, for the religious folks, I was Paul on the road to Damascus Mm -hmm. and I had to have an experience where God blinded me. Mm -hmm. And in that blindness, God removed all of the narratives that told me I was less than God removed all of the narratives that told me that I was uh, an abomination and I was going to hell. And God revealed in that time, it took about two and a half years, three years, in that time oh, wow. to reveal to me who I was and why I was created to be here. And when I show up in my authenticity and show up in my power, you may not like me. Mm-hmm. You may even disagree with who God created me to be, but you cannot deny the power of God that is within me. You cannot deny the feeling that you feel when I speak with you. Mm-hmm. You cannot deny the impact of the words that god are speaking through me when they show up Did you Now have, you can deny me you can deny who i am you can deny who i love but it's you hard cannot to deny, deny the man. power that oh plenty of people do
0: I, really they're lying to themselves Most I, one of the things i'm realizing is that people will sometimes lie to themselves about how much you inspire them because they don't want to admit how much power you possess yeah and i've watched that happen a couple of times recently where folks that i was rooting for i realized were in competition with me and i was like oh honey that's cute. I'm up here minding my business. Minding. My entire my business. Thing. I I hope you got what you needed cuz yeah. I have a surplus, right? Yes. And so one of the things I have <laughs> a surplus this extra take take the leftovers. You whenever you're around mess, have this beautiful way of kind of flittering away from it. You're like, "Oh, really? Well, I'm about to go get some get me a snack." <laughs> You said you've looked up a couple times. Now, where is Ben? Ben? ben has Where'd left the scene. And Ben's on in the corner somewhere having a drink, having a good kiki, dancing to Beyonce, minding his business. And I love that. I think that was the moment when I realized I was like, oh my God, he's me. Because there have been so many times where things will get messy. And I'm like, oop, I got to go get me uh, an edible. Yes, y'all. Y'all know this is a 420 uh, accepting Friendly. show. Yes. By the way, being anti-witch, being anti-gay, being anti-fat, being anti-420, it's also anti-black, right? And I don't think people, in particular in black churches, realize how much of the rhetoric that they are succumbing to is anti-blackness. Yeah. Uh, in slave times, they told us that we had to pray for our joy in the afterlife because they didn't want us to find joy in this present
1: life. Because and, they and find stole freedom. our joy. They took our God from the earth in which we were in relationship with. We didn't worship the earth. We were in relationship with the earth. Mm -hmm. They took that from us, uprooted us, put us on their, well, not even their land, their stolen land, the sacred land of others. And then threw our God in the sky and said, you pray for a better afterlife, but you're going to make a great life for us here.
0: You're going to be a great slave now. Billy Bob, and then you can have your happiness when you're dead. There's something so sick to me about how black joy is always trying, people are always trying to squelch it for the sake of commodifying it and using it for something else. How do you feel when you're in hyper-masculine black male spaces? And the reason I'm asking this is because we had a previous guest who, um, the most New York person I've ever met, (laughs) he's from the block, shout out to Cheech, and he has a gay mother and a gay son. and people were stunned in that episode that a straight black man could be loving towards his queer son and his queer mother. And I asked him, I was like, what is it like for you in the barbershop? And then I remember thinking, Ben's gonna come on, I wanna know the same question. What is it like for you as evolved as you are? Because you are highly evolved. You stretch the average Negro, let's be honest. So when you're in the barbershop and everybody's just kikiing and whatever and being problematic and saying crazy stuff, how do you how do you react in those spaces?
1: Well, first of all, similar to Cheech, uh, Jay-Z's mom is the one who softened his heart to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And so it always takes somebody close to your heart for you to say, well, I can't really hate you. Yeah. So I got to accept you. So let me be I love open. my mama. So yeah. maybe
0: it's not so bad. Yeah, let me be
1: open to, you know, exploring other ways of believing and accepting people's human experience. I'll have to tell you, um, I was definitely afraid of the barbershop as a kid. I was deathly afraid of the locker room. I don't blame I you. I was deathly afraid of the basketball court because I could compete with you in school. I could got all the A's. But it, when it came time to play in sports, as big as I was, people always think I was a football player. They would choose me to be on the team and then be like, uh-uh. <laughs> he gotta go. Why? You gotta go. You were not good. I was awful. Really? Not an athletic bone in my body. Oh, and that's so hilarious. I was always afraid of of of, of hyper masculine spaces mm-hmm. and it wasn't until i became an adult um where i became comfortable in being who i was and i said it's nobody but the divine who did this to me because knowing how deathly afraid i was of these spaces, <laughs> you wouldn't see yourself <laughs> god called me to found be me community co-found be me community which is the largest social Ooh. entrepreneurship Network for black people in America, but we started out uplifting the positive stories of black men around the country. So I had to be in rooms with hundreds of <gasps> black men telling them to be their true selves. Your biggest and fear? And you my to biggest fear. It. I'm sitting right in front of it. And it is the thing that literally catapulted me to where I am today. God calls me to face that thing. And so when I oh, realized wow. that I could be loved and accepted, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's what most of us want to be loved and accepted by those who fears. I was at a conference in DC and I came out to my friends and family, um, in 2014 and of 2014, it was the typical black Thanksgiving coming out.
0: Oh wow. But the next
1: year I said, well, let me test this thing. Cause I couldn't be, you know, uh, Persecuting the LGBTQ community one moment and then on the internet, talking about I got a boo. Right. I like, need to hey,
0: y'all, I got a boyfriend. Tell this story. <laughs> and so at
1: our conference, we did a conference in DC every year the Genius Conference, Be Me Genius Conference, and 100, 200 black men from around the country there. And I came out to the room. <gasps> And live? Liter- live, in front of everybody. Oh, you brave.
0: You, I would have admitted like a Zoom call. <laughs> everybody calling at 315. Like I got something to tell y'all. You did it face to face.
1: Face to face. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house.
0: Aww. And
1: literally afterwards, there was a line of black men ready to receive me, love on me, tell me they love me. One guy pulled me to the side. He said, I'm very homophobic. Oh, I don't want to be around them, but I cannot deny you. I cannot deny the love I have for you and I cannot deny you as my brother. Today, you have changed my life.
0: Wow. Okay, I I just felt a shiver. You are amazing. That's not one of the questions. (laughs) No, seriously, this is why I adore you so much because you're a living testimony. And, And I've been saying recently that my mantra for this year is basically, well done is a better compliment than well said. And people who speak beautifully but who do not act the way that they're supposed to act or act the way that they say they would act, they've broken my heart too many times. And so I watch people. It's so the people who I can say well done to after I've said well said. They're the ones who are, who are impactful to me. And I've seen you in galas. I've seen you in a kiki in the backyard. I've seen you in your short set. Like every place that I see you, you're consistently you. And there's something... So beautiful about a black man holding that space, because if you were a woman, I don't think it'd be, it'd be that notable to me. I think I'm used to seeing women be allowed to be like that, but, and also you also being a, a, how do I say this? A safe space. Now, when it comes to black men and mental health, we've talked about this several times on the show, actually, and working on something, I would love you to be a part of it because I want to have a roundtable conversation with black men about their mental health and the way they relate to each other. How do you safeguard your mental health? And I'm asking you this because I don't want to get too far into it, but you recently dealt with a loss and I'll let you decide how much of that you want to share. And I was stunned when I saw you right afterwards, your light was still there. I don't think I, I'm going to start crying. I don't always have my light when I go through a loss. Like I, I get dim. How did you maintain your light in the middle of that heartache?
1: Well, one, I have to say, I appreciate you for seeing me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to cry because somebody give me a a tissue. When
1: you saw me, you said, you are so brave. And I said, oh, wow, she saw me. Yeah. Because I lost my dad on January 1 of 2023. Yeah. Uh, He and I did not have the best relationship, if a relationship at all.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: I actually said, when he dies, don't call me.
0: Wow, really, Ben?
1: And they called me.
0: Of course they did. Of course. Because they knew your
1: heart. Yeah. They knew your heart. I said, don't call me. And me and my sister really went back and forth. We were stressed out because I was in uh, Thailand. So they had to wait until I got back. But in that, what? Well, well, one, he... <laughs> I'm slightly narcissistic. He's all the way narcissistic, and so he That's would. I, I know I'm pretty, but my dad is convinced he, he pretty. He would die on January one, so yeah. now every January one, I have to remember him as oh, much wow. as I. So <laughs> a peacock. Uh, and so for two weeks, me and my sister were stressed out because we were going back and forth for whether we, we were going to show up.
0: Oh wow!
1: Um, you
0: really were go- You really were considering not showing up. Yeah, I have yeah. said
1: it forever. Don't call me if he die. I'm not interested. Um, what I had to realize, everybody had a different piece of him. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we had the ugly piece of him, Mm -hmm. me and my sister, but my cousins had their uncle Ben. My mom had her former lover. Where his name is Ben too? I'm a third. You're a third? Yeah.
0: So your namesake passed away on the first day of this year.
1: Yes. Now, (sighs) just like, you know, me and who I am Mm -hmm. when I do eulogies, it's fun Mm because I want to remember the good parts, right? We're not here to be sad, I'm here to celebrate. So I eulogized my aunt, who was like a mom. I eulogized my my pop-pop, Ben Sr. Um, And he was so envious of that moment that he tried to have an argument with me after the funeral.
0: Because the, the eulogy was too nice? It was too nice. It was oh, too good. my heavens. You don't heavens. really
1: know him. I knew him. I only knew the him I know. I don't know what happened between <laughs> you and him. But I only knew the him. That, that was my pop-pop. So your, your daddy was a little petty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> petty Peter was his name. Who
0: gets upset that the eulogy Who for their father is too good? Who gets
1: upset that the eulogy... Oh, I got some choice words for you. You ain't really know him. <gasps> Sir, stay away from me.
0: What? <laughs> <coughs> Demon, I cast thee away. <laughs> Don't you call me again. Okay, this is hilarious, but it also shows you how the most amazing people come from very unlikely places. Yes. So, what happened when it was time for you to? What made you decide to actually show up?
1: So, um, I wanted to have the last laugh. You know what? He's Petty Peter. I'm Petty Peter too.
0: Oh Lord, Petty Peter Petty the Third, probably. I'm Petty Peter the Third. <laughs> oh,
1: my grandfather was Petty Peter Senior. That is hilarious. <laughs> that man was nuts. But he didn't like that I was queer. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that I succeeded in life without him. Mm. He wanted to take the credit for a lot of things. And I'm like, sir, you were never here. You don't get any of the credit. Mm-hmm. I heard I was on uh, uh, Netflix's um, Dolomite uh, with Eddie Murphy. And you it, and were? Around. Yes. Now I gotta go watch I had it. the scene that was cut. Oh, um, I know that feeling. It was a yeah. club scene, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we, child, we can sit and talk yes. about this town. But anyway. I hear to get a call. Hey, superstar. I said, who is this? (gasps) Your father. My father who? Stop playing. (laughs) Stop playing. Who is this? Papa, can you hear me? It's your dad, Ben. Oh, hi. But just like that, uh, I think it's not he can't jump. Whatever that movie where Denzel Washington and- um, basketball player was white in, men can't jump no 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 not that um, i can't remember the name he of got it. game uh, he got game okay and denzel showed up after he got famous that was that moment with oh. my dad but i decided to show up uh pe- being petty aside because i wanted to show people what love was mm. because everyone knew our dynamic everyone knew we didn't like each other they had their popcorn ready but i wanted to show that this is what love looks like yeah. This is what grace looks like. This is what forgiveness looks like. Realizing as an adult, he was heavily impacted by the crack e- epidemic. Mm-hmm. He and so many others weren't even in control of the decisions that they made. And most of it wasn't their fault. It was, you know, we could go back and track systemic. the government, systemic, yeah. all the things. But I wanted to show folks what grace and love looked like. And everyone was so nervous about what I would get up and say.
0: <laughs> Were you a little bit nervous, too?
1: Oh, that was, was about the tenth shoulder. iteration of that speech <laughs> that I gave. It was about the tenth one because I had some choice words for him. The and first draft was probably room. a good Kikito.
0: <laughs> it was. The first draft was like I've been waiting for today. I've
1: been waiting. <laughs> so happy to see you here. How old
0: was he? Uh,
1: ain't that something? Maybe sixty three. Oh, he was a baby. Yeah he 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 died with heavy ounces amounts of cocaine in the system. Ben. Yeah, They found him on the bathroom floor. Okay, I'm not going to cry again. But I I walked around with shame. Why? Because, and it's something I had to let go, and maybe someone else can resonate with this. The great Ben Carlton's dad was a cocaine addict.
0: Yeah, I get it. The
1: great Ben Carlton's dad was nearly homeless, living Mm -hmm. in a house with no utilities. There's nothing I could do about it. But the fact that that was tied to my story, I always told a story where he wasn't involved. My dad was in jail since I was five years old, in and out of jail. And so when I would tell the story, I would tell about my stepdad or I would tell enough, but I never had to include my dad mm-hmm. because I was ashamed of him and his story. And one of my good friends, uh, Shaka Senghor, you may know of him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, I interviewed him. Oh wow. That's a oh. so
0: small yes. world. I've been around. <laughs> he said He's amazing. You
1: have to stop judging your dad based on his worst deeds.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And
1: stop connecting with him based on his worst deeds. And after that conversation with Shaka, I began to see my dad for the human he was. You
0: humanized him? and not, Plug.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and not expecting him to be the dad that he would never be.
0: He became a man. Yeah. And not just your father. You know, it's, it's so wild. I have a friend. I'm not going to say his name. I almost did. Stop. He was brilliant. In high school, he was the smart. I went to a school for gifted kids. He was the most gifted of the gifted kids. We were, even the teachers were all in love with him. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he could be president someday, he's so brilliant. And one day we were all on the bus and there was a homeless man, just drunk. I'm like, oh, who's the, like, he was like stumbling towards us. And they're like, that's his dad. Mm. And it hit me, and you could see the shame on his face. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this bright, shiny, the, the most amazing of the amazing, but down the street from your school, your dad is drunk on the street corners while your friends are walking by him. And I remember in that moment, I had never seen a boy, because I was a girl, so I'm used to socializing with girls. I've never seen a, a young boy respond to that kind of shame. And so when you say that you felt shame, it hits me in my core because I know what that looks like. My friend never healed from it. How did you figure out how to heal? Because there's a lot of folks who are listening right now who have a lot of pain around their dads, right? And we have a lot of male listeners who don't get credit sometimes. They low-key be listening on the low-low, trying to get some tea. Yeah. And men are very, very, very sensitive about father issues. I think that's the reason why so many toxic positive, not toxic positive, toxic period male podcasters are big because Kevin Samuels was a father figure for a lot of those guys. How did you find a way to f- parent yourself yeah. in his absence?
1: Well, one, uh, one of my mentors um, uh, and also uh, uh, the founder of Be Me, uh, Trabian Shorters, he Corrected me once Mm -hmm. um, when I would used to say I didn't have a dad or um, a father figure. Mm. And he had me go down my life and mention all of the male figures who impacted my life. It's a blessing. Wow, I was surrounded by... Empowered, My grandfather was a very successful entrepreneur, turned a twenty five dollar warehouse into a million dollar business. That was your male role model.
0: Oh, wow. Right.
1: You didn't have your physical dad, but you had so many others. Right. Mm -hmm. Whom you could uh, learn from, glean from, be examples for you. And so I stopped trying to. But it wasn't until my adulthood. I stopped trying to get my dad to be who I wanted him to be and accept him for the human he was. Yeah. Though messed up. Though complicated, that's him.
0: Yeah. It has
1: nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my worth because I always thought, how come we weren't good enough to keep you out of jail?
0: That, ugh, How come yeah. we weren't
1: good enough for you to shape up and do right?
0: Why Why didn't you love us enough to, like, stick around? Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: I had the moments of sitting on a stoop, waiting for him to come, and he'd never come. Promise yeah. he made, never kept. But I had to, To um, one, I sat down and talked to a former, um, um, uh, people who have uh, struggled with um, substance abuse.
0: Uh, recovering addicts. Yes, yeah. and, I,
1: and I sat down and I had conversations with them about their life, their it's an decisions. Illness. It's an illness that yeah. for our community was untreated, was intentionally set. And so I began to get a better understanding of his struggles and forgive him and not take it personal because I took it all personal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like me, he doesn't love me, I'm not good enough. I'm gay, he doesn't want a gay son, all the things that went through my mind, I had to let all that go, stop expecting him to be the parent that he would never be, mm-hmm. and just accept him for the human that he was.
0: I've been through that journey, and it's it's not easy, but it's also not impossible. And a lot of times when people have been through really complicated things with their guardians, their mothers, fathers, whatever else, it translates into how they feel about being a parent themselves. Are you at a space in your life where you would ever see yourself wanting to be a, a, a father or would you just want to stay Uncle Ben?
1: I want to be a dad. I want to have a son of my own seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's expensive right now. <laughs> and the world is ghetto. And Earth I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, everybody wants, you know, we, we have this false um, obligation to legacy and I want to leave a legacy. Yeah. I, what is your legacy, broke? You brought this child in and they're going to be broke and they're going to be broken.
0: Y'all legacies is broke kids. What is wow. your legacy, Broke? You have no legacy.
1: You have no inheritance. You have no land. You have no home. What are you forced? There's so many children who can be adopted. There's that's so many true. people who have kids and don't want to have them. Like stop being in a rush to fulfill some false obligation to legacy and seed. And this, that's, that's, that's Eurocentric. That is what they did. You know, you're not royalty. But Dave
0: Chappelle once said, you know, when he looked at his kids, he was like, wow, you came from my ball. <laughs> and i I remember seeing that scene like i think a lot of men it comes down to that they want to see a child that came from their balls and you're saying but like legacy can be much bigger than something that on the nose and yes. trite
1: now, So I, while i want children i'm, I'm being strategic <laughs> about it earth is ghetto earth is ghetto
0: so wait a minute if we're gonna talk about kids this is the part where we, where we segue to the kiki um i think we have already started with the fact that some of y'all broke with y'all legacies uh how does one date as you mm-hmm. And I'm asking that because, look at your face. You were like, as me, yes, you. The reason why I'm asking is because somebody once told me were. we were having a a great debate about something. It was a really good, rigorous debate. But you like, oh, I like, it was like playing tennis. And at the end, he was like, well, that was a great conversation, but I think you might be too deep to date. So excuse me? He was like, I can't imagine myself dating somebody who could go back and forth with me like that. And for a while, too deep to date haunted me. Like, am I do I need to play stupid? So I can get some dick? Like, what's going on? Hmm. So, <laughs> that made you geeky. so my question to you is I could I could very much, friend, see you, because you know, this is LA, no disrespect to LA. We love it, we love it here. It's our chosen home. But some of the children run shallow. Some run, of the kids <laughs> They're the CEOs of shallow. Some of the kids, you know, it's in the shallow end of the pool. How do you, especially in Los Angeles? date holding up the amount of energetic real estate that you have
1: it's very difficult Oop. um, because <laughs> it's, ghetto. Mm-hmm. it's ghetto yeah and it's it's simply because um i'm used to vibrating at very high levels with high vibrational people yes you are it's a very small group of folks in any space that you're in right yeah um and so i'm often seen as deep uh i remember someone said oh you know you're you're a minister your sex is going to be boring." i said on the the contrary my love (laughs) i know how to minister (laughs) to your needs i had to look over to to
0: jeffrey everybody in the studio was like come through, cat daddy minister and i I was
1: and i said oh well on the contrary we i anyway so Uh, did they take you up on that offer no they did they were they were scared they were like minister just got nasty with me <laughs> it's, it's like I'm not allowed to be human because that I sucks. walk around as a man of God I'm not allowed to be sexual I'm not allowed to have fun I'm not what you doing in the club what you doing in the club <laughs> we here together
0: <laughs> we in the same club we homie. in the same
1: club having a marvelous time can we just dance and be oh, and so people know that see feeling. that in me first before Mm -hmm. they see the human in me Mm. but when I connect with the high vibrational person they see the spirit they see the human in me before but it's very hard to you know you kind of have to find those spaces because most high vibrational people aren't in hanging out in the club and on the streets and it's just and if they are they're in vip ignoring general pop yeah it's not and it's it's not an elitist way of thinking it's just how we connect I did a focus group a couple weeks ago changed my life because generally, I'm used to hanging around folks that are like me, but yeah. to be in a focus group with people who are all different—the hoi polloi—they was called like, in Latin, wow, the common man. Um, if I really want to have impact in the world, I'm going to have to dumb down a lot of what I say. I did not because know. intelligence <laughs> is at an all-time low, audacity is yeah. at an all-time high, and no one is willing to reason with one another based on our different beliefs. And so yeah. we're so strong and hardcore that people. Can't accept that I can be a black queer man of faith and be all right.
0: And also want to have some sex.
1: And and a lot. Yeah. And th- good. Th- th- I believe you. <laughs> and worth talking about. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> because I'm human first, but for any of those, Thank before you. I'm even black, before I'm even a queer person, before I'm, I'm human, we have needs. <laughs> That's
0: why I wanted you on the show, because I was like, I think Ben is the exact kind of person who needs to be humanized, because I could see people treating you like this like shining light, this orb, this deity. And I'm like, no, he probably wants to have sex and Kiki and have a good time, too. So you have a similar problem that I have, and for me, what I've, what I've started doing, I don't know how much it's going to work now that I'm doing the show weekly, I don't tell people at first what I do when I think I'm attracted to them. I act like I work for the bank. <laughs> they're like, you use a lot of big words for somebody to work for, they're like, mm, what do you do? Why do you, ha-? they're like, you just talk different. And, I've, and I've, I've been trying to see how that works. Do you ever sometimes not tell people what you do so that you can see if they can, connect to you before they let the the, the title freak yes. them out
1: i used to initially connect with people oh what's your gram let's connect on the gram right uh-huh. i want to see what you look like oh, i stopped all that yeah. i don't want you to see who i am what i do none of that i want you to try to discover who i am without any of your preconceived notions which is natural to who we are as humans Ooh, you, you stop label, giving
0: out the gram yeah
1: to, for people that i'm interested in um in in dating
0: that might be a life hack i immediately give out my gram you know? And then the conversation changes. They're like, "So, what do you think about what's happening in Saudi Arabia?" Like, wait, what? I thought we were gonna smash. Like, people think I want to talk about the news and be deep all the time. I'm like, I'm a regular person trying to get laid and have fun. Yeah. How long do you wait to tell someone all of you if you are trying to get to know them on an intimate level?
1: It all depends um, on what they're bringing. If if this is just a quick a, a quickie and I'm, I'm out the door, no need. You don't even get my number. The um, way
0: your face told the answer before you said it, you were like, well, blue, not everybody ever needs to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, it, <laughs> somebody going to go to church on Sunday and be like, wait, is that possible?
1: Did I, it happen before? Some,
0: has somebody gone to church? After. Ran, <gasps> it wasn't
1: at church, but it was like, I saw you preaching. I was like... <laughs>
0: If a one night stand saw you with church, that is actually hilarious. Yes. That's a comedy.
1: And so, uh, that's a comedy. You know, not if, if it's someone that I'm interested in getting to know more than just you know our inter- adult interactions. Then, oh, I'm gonna start using that adult interactions. All right, I realize that the time is is winding now. This
0: conversation is so good. We have to do. I said this to so many of my guests because I really do enjoy the people who come on the show. I think that your humor and them seeing that we actually and they know me, they know I'm with the shits. So they're gonna be like, well, how's how's Benjamin friends with blue? Because he's with the shits too. And seriously. <laughs> We're gonna do a quick rapid fire of questions. Okay.
1: okay. Let me get ready for this.
0: Question number one: how do you feel about the word demon?
1: Demon, I believe, um uh is it it all depends on your perspective on on how you connect with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people who call out demons are the demons. Thank you! Like the lady who called out Beyonce. Oop! Um, <laughs> she didn't Ma'am, <laughs> how dare you cast me to a burning fire yeah, she for really going did. to a concert? That's not God. She tried to smite everybody that's going to Renaissance. Demonic. <laughs> I think she couldn't <laughs> get a ticket and she was mad. That well, <laughs> she had been to a concert before, but that's that's demonic yeah. to send somebody to a lake of fire because you have a, a difference of opinion and how they connect to the divine. So weaponizing
0: weaponizing the word demon when somebody inconveniences you, you're not yes, a fan of that.
1: That's not God. That's not a lot of
0: people at, at the church I used to go to would do that. Like I would ask a valid question that made them uncomfortable. It's the demons, the devil's working in her. I'm like, really? Or is this just critical analysis? Because
1: uh, a demon can't cast out a demon. So Ooh. if I'm a demon, how am I casting out demons? Ooh. That's what the word said. Because if you were true uh, light of God, you wouldn't be calling out Beyonce as a demon. You'd be calling out the city council who just voted not to give the people in your community the resources they need. You'd be Amen. calling your state out for mistreating the queer and transgender people in your state. That's the demon. I
0: actually, that's a word, and it's also a great segue to the next question. Do you believe in exorcisms?
1: I do. Yeah. I believe that, you know, we are energy that never dies, and sometimes that energy comes back in ways that aren't good for us, where we need to get that thing out.
0: I was once digmatized, and I felt like I needed an exorcism.
1: Absolutely. Have you ever. Spirits connect in the spirit. All I this, had some all sex, this that i me up of, of
0: my mental capabilities. I don't know. That's why I don't like to sleep with cancers anymore. Because y'all. <laughs> 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 I'm scared of Ooh. cancer penis. Cancers have very stigmatizing sex. And the yuck be like, Blue, how are you bringing up sex with exorcism? I really feel, felt for that year. I was not a right mind and body. Like, I, like a sex demon yeah. had jumped in my body. If
1: you need two to three years to get over somebody, that is that an exorcism. Good, that that is a, a spiritual tie that is connected to your soul. Have you ever had someone
0: sex put you in captivity the way I was? Or am I alone here?
1: I don't think it was <laughs> captivity. I haven't had anyone ruin my credit yet. Um,
0: it, oh, my God. How do you know? It ruined my credit. It really I, tried, <laughs> I, I counseled the folks. Okay, so I you know. know. Yes. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk at dinner. This is, this, this is it's giving dinner conversation. I'm like, who digmatized blue? Mind your business. All right. Um, could you date an atheist or an agnostic? What's that's a deep sigh.
1: I believe um, I want to say no, Uh but I also don't want to block love based on the difference of beliefs because uh, atheism and and I actually had a conversation with atheists the other day where I believe I converted them. Oh, because I said you operate in love. You believe in love. So love is your spiritual practice. You don't believe in God in the traditional sense, or in the, the institutional words. sense. Yeah, good but with the you. But you believe in love, don't you? So yeah. if I connect with somebody that believes in love, God is love. We can do some things. To me, agnostic is probably
0: the easiest because agnostics are like, I don't believe or don't believe. I just don't know what the hell's going on. That's a little different.
1: Yeah. But but it's but the way that I operate, I need somebody to cover me in prayer. That's true. I need somebody. If equal yoke to know that when I'm up, down, high, low, in and out, what to do. So yes, I, I probably not. I need somebody. Could you take to cover somebody
0: who's prayer. deeply spiritual but not Christian?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like God speaks a lot of different languages.
0: Hindu, I'll take it. Um, what's your favorite Beyonce song? <laughs> That's the next question.
1: <laughs> crazy in love. Y'all really? Yes. Oh my god. I could jam the crazy in love. I sent. Crazy in Love to like my boyfriends. Really? I would be playing in the car. I just play it, send it as a voicemail. That matches your spirit.
0: That actually matches your spirit. Yes, my my the
1: video, everything. It was. Ooh, I love Beyonce so.
0: My current favorite, I think, for me is Cozy.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. when whenever I hear it, I start like acting it out in the house. So I'm like, maybe that's one of my songs What's now. Heated
1: is my fave on the <gasps> let me tell you album. Something. But when Crazy Heated love comes
0: is my on album. in concert, I am concerned for myself. <laughs> You know that me and Kenya she was on the show, she told her herself. Yeah. Uh me and Kenya went and, and spent too much money well, not too much, a lot of goddamn money on Beyonce tickets on the stage. I feel like when Hita comes out, the Holy Ghost might jump into my body. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's so sad. I uh I picked um You shouldn't sure want to come to London. I picked Barcelona. Barcelona. But I have to speak the next day in DC. And so there's no flight that gets me there in time. So I have to figure out somewhere else. But
0: yeah. Wait, so you're not going to Barcelona anymore?
1: No. Can't.
0: I feel like you should come to London.
1: I'll see what I can do. You think I'm playing with you? <laughs> I'll, I will. I will put you in the suitcase. <laughs>
0: Look, if Kenya can't my... make it, I'm like, can you give Ben a wig? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is <laughs> Minister <laughs> Kenya. Yes, Carl, it, it works. <laughs> Look, w- I want you to come to London. I feel like London's going to be a good key yeah. key. Shout out to the London folks. I'm seeing if I can do a podcast in London while I'm there for the Beyonce That'd concert. Be That'd be and, and the reason why I feel comfortable saying where I'm going because I wasn't going to say it before because you know people be having stalkers. She's doing like six London shows. Y'all know which one I'm going to be at, and y'all not going to find out until afterwards.
1: And if they can afford to get where you are, they ain't that bad of a Yeah, uh, uh, you're a rich stalker. Yeah, Cause my... you a rich stalker. Stalk me, baby.
0: <laughs> stalk <laughs> me. I want you to stalk all the
1: stalk you can do.
0: <laughs>
1: right, stalk me with your good credit. Ooh, <laughs> Stalk him. me with your presents. Stalk me with we your tricks. We are trips. a
0: mess. Lord, this feels like we're in the backyard again. Next question. Would you ever have a sugar baby or be a sugar baby. Ooh, the pauses are pregnant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes and yes. At this point. Really? Yes and yes.
0: Look, I think I've accidentally been a sugar mama a couple times. I once took somebody to get his hair cut. And I was like, wait, why am I paying for the haircut? I was like, that, it was the same person who dignitized me. Actually, i yeah, telling the same I, I, That's one. about
1: to say. If it's good, I'd pay for it.
0: Not anymore, though. Because you're a man, I feel like. As a strong black man, you paying for somebody is whatever. Me, I just I just feel like a, like a you mark. because
1: yeah. the thing is, the way life is set up, I, I don't have time to be out here figuring things out. If I if, if it's good to me and doing me well, I'm good. Then you're for it. Um,
0: next question: What would you say to anyone listening who has felt judged by the church, but is still seeking a relationship with God?
1: Ooh, let me turn to the camera. Where's right, the camera? <laughs> give him his close up. You are on here. On this earth, with the purpose, on purpose. Mm -hmm. The divine loves you just as you are. The divine created you in the divine image. And however you have a relationship with love, whatever you call love, God, he, she, them, their, Buddha, Islam, however you connect with love, keep that connection for yourself. Because when we leave, we came here all on our own and we're going to leave here all on our own and you want the end to be determined by you and not by what somebody who was born thousands of years ago trying to tell you how to live and connect with the divine that is present today so let all that go Mm -hmm. do your own study and research and find a way to connect with love
0: but i love you and i know that after listening to you someone who's having a bad day probably feels a lot better probably like what church can i find him at <laughs> um
1: i'm at renewed la in like, los angeles
0: please tell also i want them to know that they can find you at renewed la in los angeles and also uh ben has a book by the way the title of the book like i cackled i was like ben don't play no games i was like well, what's the book gonna be called it's called i'm black i'm gay i'm a minister okay ben said Straight we, to the we, point. We, we gonna get to the point I think there's something so brilliant about that. Because you're like, no, I'm not gonna sneak this in. You have to receive me as who I am at the at the at the onset. Yes. And I really wish a lot of people felt that confident. The title of that book is confident. Because it's you saying, I'm not gonna pan it to the audience. They have to rise to come and meet me. Now, I want folks to make sure they can find you. Ben, what are all your handles so they can stalk you respectfully?
1: I, Ben Carlton, on all the socials. I got off of Twitter. I'm not interested in Elon Musk.
0: Really? So, you're yes. not on the Twitter streets n- anymore? N- nope, nope. Yeah, Twitter has been looking like a bad neighborhood. It's, it's not being terrible. kept up. Yeah,
1: but I, Ben Carlton, on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can download my audiobook. I'm black yes. and I'm gay. I'm gay on all the streamings, um, Spotify, Autobook. And the you fans. mentioned
0: the organization that you're working with. Can you say one more time for anybody who's interested?
1: BME Community. BMEcommunity.org. You can find us on the socials at BME Community. We do a fellowship every year where really? we connect black leaders. So please check that out. Uh, this is our 10th year. Congratulations. Um, that's the number uh, self of mastery. Yes.
0: 10 years means yes. that you've mastered
1: something. Our uh, fellows have collectively raised four or $500 million to support the work uh, wait, that they what? do. Wait,
0: wait, wait. They've, they've, they've raised how much?
1: Four or $500 million to support work that they do. This is
0: my rich friend, y'all. <laughs> 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 this is why he don't mind being a sugar daddy.
1: <laughs> and they have... Have really adopted um, telling better stories about who we are and Ooh. the communities that they serve. That is our ultimate purpose in helping Black people live, own, vote, and excel. And that spells love.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. The final thing before we wrap up, we talked about it earlier. Legacy. It's become one of my favorite questions to ask folks. And I feel like your best legacy comes from what your friends say about you, right? The old saying is you die twice. You die when you pass pass away and you die when your friends stop speaking about you. When you are no longer here with us in the physical realm, because I feel like you're the kind of person who's going to haunt people. You're going to be,
1: ooh.
0: <laughs> ben came to me in a dream, y'all.
1: It wore you out. <laughs> wore us out Get with, it together. with a
0: prophecy. <laughs> when you're on the other side, what do you want people to say about you? Because that's going to be your real legacy.
1: My three words. I loved. Mm-hmm. I laughed. You did, and I was light.
0: Oh, feelings. Yeah. I love you, man. You have to right come back. Yes. You guys know, as always, this has been humanized. I-, I hope that you were blessed by this conversation. See what I did there? Yeah. I'm so goofy. I hope you were blessed by this conversation. Please, please, please check out Ben on all his handles. He has a good time. He travels a lot. His stories be on point. And as always, you, know, you can find me at BlueCentric. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever else you can find me. Also, remember that we have the Own Thy Shift uh, workshop that is coming up, OTS20.Eventbrite.com. We're going to do a eight week workshop to teach emotional intelligence to the audience. And as always, please remember that we're all just human beings doing human shit. Be be gentle with yourselves. Bye. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.
1: Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast.